What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. I'm Graham. And I'm Dave. Well, last week was the Bitcoin 2019 conference, and oh boy, was it great. It sure was. Oh, yeah. But in all honesty, we met a lot of great people in the community and got a lot of great content. A lot of good content. Speaking of content, how awesome was Snowden? Yeah, uh, that was incredible. I can't believe he flew all the way from Russia. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was behind the curtain, like in Wizard of Oz. He just didn't want people to know he was really there. I'm kidding. He's got a tracker on him. He can't leave <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, I, I really hope we can get him back next year. That was uh, pretty surreal, having him address the community like that. Yeah. But anyway, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, but one thing is for sure, Dave... Bitcoin 2020 is going to be lit, bro. I'm so excited. If you're even thinking about going, if you just have a shred of interest, go get your tickets ASAP. They're like $20.20 right now. And I think that only goes through July 4th. And we've already sold over 130 tickets. So seriously, that's cheaper than a movie ticket. You can find them at Bitcoin2020conference.com. Go get them sweet little pups right now. 20 bucks a ticket is just absurd. That's that's like not pay the IRS for your taxes for like a decade a steal. Dude, I mean, what is, I mean, what is, what's less than $20? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Our Everything. math show is launching next week. <laughs> And it will be doing basic math problems and proving to you why we are smarter than calculators. That's, well, sort of. Oh, I know. it's che- Dude, a sandwich is what, 10 bucks? Two sandwiches. 20 bucks? Yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. It's cheaper than two sandwiches. It's cheaper than two sandwiches to go to the, to the only Bitcoin conference that matters. I would say it's probably cheaper than six bagels. You know, it's, ooh, wait. How, how expensive is a bagel? I don't know. Okay, if a bagel's three bucks, that means they're 18. It is, yeah, it's cheaper. I don't think it, what kind of bagels are you eating? I don't know how much a bagel is. I don't know either. I just kind of threw that out. <laughs> nice bagels. I eat fine bagels, Graham. The finest bagels. Okay. All right, anyway, enough shilling. Um, Sorry that we were gone uh, the last week. Uh, obviously, we were at the conference, so we weren't able to put an episode out. Um, but in the coming weeks... Probably months. Yeah, probably months. Uh, we're going to be sorting through a lot of content that we grabbed, and uh, we're going to be trying to get that out in a timely fashion. So look out for that. Yeah, it's some really good stuff. We'll be covering the conference and then get a lot of different interviews in the pro- in the pipeline. Yeah. So keep your ear to the ground. Yeah. Woo. But before we left for the conference, um, I think it was like the day before, uh, we were actually able to land a quick little interview with the one and only John McAfee, uh, who's currently in exile in Cuba. Ah, exile. So for today's show, we'll be skipping the news and airing our conversation with John McAfee himself. Enjoy. Oh, hey, and real quick, uh, this episode does contain explicit language, and none of it should be construed as investment, legal, or life advice. So put those kids away, lock them in their chambers, and enjoy. Seriously. (laughs) 
we just wanted to uh, get you on the show and talk to you. And honestly, we both just wanted to meet you because uh, we both uh, follow you on Twitter and, uh, we, you know, you have a lot going on all yeah. the time. Um, <laughs> I also know you used to live in Tennessee. I did. I lived in uh, Lexington for uh, quite a few years. Any chance you, uh, you'll be coming back anytime soon? Well, that depends on the U.S. Justice Department. I mean, if they want to drop their ridiculous charges, then yes. Uh, if not, I would merely be walking back into a prison, uh, <laughs> so, which at my age, it doesn't seem like a fun thing to do. No, not at all. I mean, that kind of leads into like our first thing we wanted to ask you. Um, you know, like Dave said, we follow you on Twitter and we've seen that some of your constituents have been poisoned, allegedly poisoned. Uh, you're in Cuba. Can you just kind of tell us what's going on? Well, yes. Uh, it's starting in January. The uh, the IRS, uh, through the Justice Department, um, convened a grand jury to charge myself, my wife, and four of our campaign workers with uh, tax evasion. Admittedly, I have not paid taxes for eight years and have no intention of ever doing so again. Uh, anybody with any sense will know that income taxes are illegal and unconstitutional. It clearly states in the Constitution, and for good reason, Congress shall pass no laws to limit or restrict a person's ability to earn a living. Now, if the government is taking 25 to 30, 30% of my money from, from my work and my labor, I'd say that kind of restricts my ability to earn a living. Um, it's, it's clearly un unconstitutional, and not every country has income taxes. I was in the Bahamas for the specific reason they did not have income taxes, nor have they ever. They're getting along just fine. The U.S. had none before 1913, and the U.S. got along just fine. We don't need them. That money goes into the pockets of politicians. Screw them. So in any case, I went to the Bahamas because it did not have an income tax, and therefore I could not be extradited for that crime. I mean, if you have no income tax in the country, then it is not a crime not to pay them in another country. That's international law. You cannot be extradited for something which is not a crime in the country in which you're living. So a month ago, the U.S., with the help of the CIA, compiled a, a list of crimes, including murder, um, of, uh, money laundering, and racketeering. Now, I don't even know what racketeering means. I haven't looked it up yet, but I do know that they could extradite me from anywhere with that. Now, their, their, their goal was to have me extradited on those charges, then drop those charges, and then go ahead and prosecute me on the income tax. So in any case, that did not interest me. Uh, and since I am John McAfee, and there is nothing in this world involving me that I do not know about. Why? I am really John fucking McAfee, believe it or not one of the great great cybersecurity specialists of our time. So you can't hide something from me. Plus I have half of Anonymous and thousands of other people who actually are loyal to me and are watching every single transmission everywhere on the internet looking for my name. And if something involving my name looks suspicious or threatening, I know about it. So I knew that they were coming for me 24 hours in advance, and we, in fact, skipped out just a few hours before the Bahamian Army and the CIA arrived in Exuma to collect me. I'm now in Cuba. Uh, the Cubans love me. Um, let me tell you what else is happening. 
the CIA has a long arm and, and no conscience whatsoever. In the past 10 days, or in the past 12 days now, one of my body doubles who was to give my keynote speech on the block blockchain cruise in Europe disappeared on the way to the airport to catch the plane to give my keynote speech. He woke up three days ago in the hospital, remembering nothing, having been in a coma the entire time. My head of security, Bruce, Bruce Heidelberg, at the same time was hospitalized with a mysterious melody. At the same time, all six of my international campaign managers got sick and are in the hospital, one of them critical from various and sundry ailments. Please, God, see the truth here. <laughs> I only have six campaign managers. All of them got sick and were in the hospital in different countries, in different countries, within 24 hours of each other. My body double disappears on the way to the airport and wakes up two weeks later remembering nothing in a coma. My head of security, at the same time, is hospitalized, but fares far better. Uh, listen, there's something is happening in America. Wake up, please, God. Well, John, okay, John, so obviously you're touching on this. We know that you're, you're planning on running for the 2020 uh, U.S. president election. And I was just curious, I, I know you've admitted that you know you're not going to win. Why do it? Well, because <clears throat> running gives me access to the national stage. I ran in 2016. I lost to Governor Johnson for the Libertarian nomination, but I had a good year of telling the U.S. what I wanted to say. Same thing now, only what I have to say is far more urgent. Wake up, America. Your government is lying to you. It is deceptive and controlling. Just today, I was told and I verified that Freedom Watch, which is the largest freedom organization uh, in the world has now ranked America 52nd in freedom, right next to Belize, one of the most cruel uh, regimes on the planet. You think you have personal freedom? Please, God, I'm here in Cuba. You try and come and join me? The government says, no, you may not go there. It is telling you where you can and cannot go. It tells you what you can put into your own fucking body. You may not put this in your body. It's not the government's body. It is yours. It is yours. We work as slaves up to 30 or 40% of the year for the government by working and paying them our taxes, which is our salary. We are not free. We are slaves people. Even the corporate environment, which is merely one of the arms of the government. What is your life like? You wake up at 6 a.m., you have breakfast, you kiss your wife goodbye and say bye to the kids. You commute for up to an hour to work. You stay in a windowless, airless office for nine fucking hours. You come back, you commute home just in time to gobble down a dinner and kiss everybody goodnight. And you do this what? For 40 fucking years, wake up, America. You are slaves. You are slaves. I am a slave as an American. So, yes, I'm doing this so that I can say what I just told you, my friend. Thank you, Dave. Hey, John, uh, going back to that ranking, uh, the freedom ranking, do you know how they calculate that? Well, it's based on a number of things. Personal freedom in terms of movement. Personal freedoms in terms of what you may or may not do with your body. 
personal freedoms and how easy or difficult is it to start a business or earn a living? It's a whole bunch of rankings. We're at the bottom of everything for fuck's sake. You can't start a business in America anymore. Try it. Look at the paperwork you have to fucking fill out. Look at OSHA. You've got to make sure that there's not a single screw anywhere that someone might trip over if they're working for you. Good God, you can't start one and make any money. You can't go anywhere. Uh, you can, try coming here and see what happens. Say, hi, I'm going to go to Cuba. I have the right to move as I please as a free human being. You'll find out you're not free, I promise you. Going back to, the, uh, to what you're describing as just most Americans' lives, um, if they weren't going to go to work every day, how would they make a living? Well, I think you would be doing it like they do it here in Cuba or anywhere else in a sane society where your work is in your house or next to your house, where your day is not managed by somebody else, where you have the freedom to go home whenever you want and to come back whenever you want, where you have the freedom to choose your environment of work. Good God almighty, why don't you folks travel? I'm not talking about you, Dave. I'm talking about America. <laughs> see the world, see how the rest of the world lives. They live in pretty much harmony and peace, and everybody is smiling. America says, oh, Cuba is a horrible place. No, I haven't seen a non-smiling face here. I've never seen happier fucking people. The Wall Street Journal this morning had a huge article about the starvation happening now in Cuba, and the Cuban government ad ad advising people to catch and eat rats. So I showed that article, the headlines, everybody I could hear. <clears throat> Laughter right and left. It's false. It is not true. Why are they saying it? They're saying it because they don't want people traveling here and dropping their dollars. They're trying to continue to strangle Cuba like they have for 63 fucking years. Wake up, America. You're being fed lies, deceptions, falsehoods, and propaganda. See the truth of this. I read your Wikipedia page. And I saw you went to Roanoke College. And did you grow up in Virginia? Uh, more or less. Uh, actually, I was until I was eleven or ten. I lived in Tennessee in Bristol. Uh, then I moved to uh, Salem, Virginia, uh, which is where Roanoke College is. I stayed there till I was twenty-one. Then I moved to Louisiana to do my graduate study at Louisiana State. Uh, and then I've moved around about every year for the rest of my life. Still doing it apparently. Why? Why did you get in, interested in computers? Might be because in question. nineteen in nineteen sixty nine, while I was in graduate, because I went from Louisiana State to Virginia Polytechnic Institute, doing my natural rhythm of staying in a place for one year and moving on. Uh, I was living in Salem, back in Salem again, uh, going to to uh, to graduate school in Blacksburg at Virginia Polytechnic. I decided to take a summer off. There were two jobs available. One was a, an insurance actuary for, uh, I think it was Prudential. The other was for General Electric as a programmer trainee. Now, I lied and said I was they wouldn't be there permanently, even though I thought I'm definitely going back to school. I chose the General Electric job because it paid $10 a month more, which in 1968 or 69 was a shitload of money. That's yeah. how I got into programming. And I got into programming the most complex and the most subtle form of, of, of computing, process control. 
and I worked on the automation of a steel mill in Australia called Port Kembla Steel Mill in New South Wales. And I learned more there in six months than I did in the rest of my career in computing. <laughs> wow. So this like natural rhythm where you move, you move just about every year. Uh, is that something you've just sort of noticed or are, do you, are you intentionally doing that? Uh, who knows? Do you know what intention is in your life? I have no clue what intention is in mine. I know no difference between the urgings of nature, meaning the world around me, and the urgings of my own desire. They meld into one thing. If you can figure that shit out, you will make a billion dollars. All I know is I move every year or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get back to the talking about the status quo in the country. Does Bitcoin play into that worldview at all? Do you see Do you see where it fits? Of course it does. Listen, we are at the mercy of the governments that we create. Those of us who are managed to create governments and whether we create our own or whether they are dictated upon us by external forces or you can call them dictatorships if you wish, makes no fucking difference. It's all the same because who we elect always turns out to be a dictator. Always. Now, maybe they're only a dictator for four years or eight years, but they're still a dictator. So we have elected a government which is, by any stretch of the imagination, corrupt. Why would anybody in their right fucking mind pay $100 million to become president when you get less than a million dollars in salary and you have the responsibility for serving 400 million people? Work it out. Power. Use your hands. Pardon? Power, right? Power. Power. They do it to get the power. Ask yourself this. Oh, okay. They do it for the power. What's the power for? Power and money are the same thing. Look at Congress. There's not a single congressperson who's worth less than $1 million. Yet they all went into Congress as paupers. Use your fucking heads, people. Okay. Power is turned so yes, so money is power. Power is money. They're in there. They are interchangeable. So what happens is people, congressmen, senators, presidents, government officials turn power into money, which they can then use to further their own goals, aims, and needs. Buy all the hookers you want, all the coke you want, all the airplanes, all the houses, all the servants, all the everything. Please see this, people. No one in their right mind would pay a dollar to be president if you wanted to do the job, which is serve 400 million people. Do you think We're George Washington, for the most part. Do you think George Washington wanted to be president? Fuck no. That's true. He was the general of the <laughs> Continental Army. It was a, it was a, a you know, a, a demotion to become the president. And yet, he, why? He did it because... Everyone knew he was the best man for the job and he didn't want it. We need to elect people who don't fucking want to be president, not those that spend millions to be president, because if the man is spending that much money or the woman, good God, don't give them a single fucking vote. They're the wrong person for the job. John, is there anywhere in the world right now where we could, we could sort of experiment with this self-sovereign society that sort of plays into Bitcoin's philosophy? Well, I mean, I'm one of those people who has tried that. Actually. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, for example, there are small islands in, in the Caribbean which are virtually uninhabited. If you wanted to spend the money, it will take billions of dollars to build an infrastructure sufficient to at least power a home. You know, you could try that. You might try taking over government. What I would suggest is SABA, S-A-B-A, tiny little volcanic island, beautiful place, by the way, um, filled with people from the Netherlands who've been there for many generations, and there are only two families, the Johnsons and the Joneses. Okay, they have so much interbred that the average IQ is less than 12. Now, taking over that, which would be a piece of fucking cake. Uh, problem is what you do with the population. Will America take them? Unlikely. Um, no, of course, you could try that. I just don't know uh, how to practically pull it off. Now you could, okay, for example, since I am John McAfee, every weirdo on the planet comes out of the woodwork and wants to talk to me. Right. If I have the time, I talk to them all. There is, <laughs> this is the craziest of all. Off the coast of England is an abandoned oil platform uh -huh, uh -huh. taken over by a man who just took a boat out there, put his own flag up, we called it Freedom Land. Um, you know, but it's more like a dictatorship than anything else. I keep getting invited. I think, well, God, I have to bring my entire security to whack you people in order just to live peacefully there. So, however, maybe you could convince him since it is offshore in international waters. And by, by law, it is a derelict vessel, even though it is connected to the ground that belongs to that man. So I don't know. I would suggest let's be mini governments and overthrow him because he's not a decent fellow uh, and then try an experiment on the oil platform. I think it will not support more than 20 families and then in very cramped quarters. Yeah. It doesn't sound that great. Have you, have you ever tried the <laughs> commune thing? Of course. Of course. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, you may not have heard of the original commune in America called the Society of Brothers in upstate New York in the Catskills. No. Now, I went there as a young man and lived for months among them. Now, this is, I, I don't, if, if communism can possibly work, it will work there. Uh, what's unique about it is that it is a religious commune, whereas communism, going under Marx's uh, philosophy that religion is the opiate of the masses, denies religion. Uh, this place, the Society of Brothers, claimed a religion. It didn't start off religiously, but they claimed it. Um, and the belief that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior somehow keeps everybody together. However, I'll tell you what, decent society. At least when I was there, if you smoked, they gave you cigarettes. <laughs> okay. And no alcohol, by the way, that, that is sort of a downer. Yep. And I didn't ask about weed or heroin or anything else, which I might want to indulge in. Nevertheless, you got free cigarettes. You had to work. But you worked according to your fucking capacity. I started working in the toy shop. The toy shop was a shop building toys, spectacular fucking toys made out of wood. Toy trains, toy cars with wheels and so on. And, and a master craftsman would, would, you know, would shape them and then I would put wheels on the fuckers. Wasn't bad work. I wasn't required to put so much out or, so, or have, you know, whatever. It was nice. It was a great place. And at night, they would have games with flashlights looking for kids and, and hide and seek. Jesus, God, 
a great society. However, however, we are not all made for such. Certainly not me. I have to make my own world and remake it every year in order to be comfortable within it. And for the past few years, I have been a drug-addled alcoholic who's managed to still do shit. All right, and so that would not have worked there. And for years, I took no drugs at all. That might have worked there, but I had to do creativity. My language cannot be censored. That's a problem. The reason that they don't ask me on Fox or CNN much anymore is because I just can't avoid saying fuck. <laughs> One of those things. So, um, so no, sir. It didn't work for me, but honest to God, if you want communism in its purest fucking form, in a system with a goddamn heart, go to the Society of Brothers in upstate New York. I'm sorry, I no longer remember what the name of the town is, but I promise you, even though I have not had contact for 40 years, I promise you they are still there because there is nothing that's going to put those people's spirits down. John, uh, I have a question. If you can just tell me to fuck off if uh, you don't want to answer it. <laughs> but uh, so uh, what got you into drugs. Sounds like sounds like something you're not doing. And now you're doing it a lot more. Oh, fuck off. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, no sorry. Hang on. I don't mind answering that question. Does it matter? Whose business is it except for mine? If I choose yeah. to make it public, which I frequently do, that's again my business. Yeah. What I do with my body, Dave, just like what you do with yours, is nobody else's fucking business. If I want to cut off my hand, I will fucking do so for whatever reasons. It's my goddamn reasons, not yours. No. If I want to inject heroin into one of my veins and spend a few months exploring smack, I will fucking do so. It is my body, just like it is my mind. I, I'm just, I was just curious. Well, does it answer the question? It, it does. It does. <laughs> uh, hey, John, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, can you tell us about your new trading platform that launched recently? Ah, I can tell you about that. Okay, so for me, cryptocurrency offers the opportunity to free ourselves from governments. But it only works if we're all using it, right? If half hours still have to use fiat currencies, then we can't free ourselves from the currency which controls us. I want you to understand the, the absolute power of currency. If you're an American and you use US dollars, which are controlled by the number of dollars that are out there, the inflation, the deflation, everything controlled by a centralized government, then without that dollar, I can't pay for my children's education. Can't pay my rent, can't buy a car, can't buy a house can't put clothes on my back, can't travel to and from work, can't do shit without it. It is the ultimate foundation of power. Please see this. If that is replaced by something which we control, each person, meaning there is no centralized authority for it, and once I accept it, I have full responsibility for my piece of it, then what happens? We don't need banks. We don't need financial institutions, and we sure as fuck don't need governmental control over currency. So to me, this is the key to personal freedom. The problem is so far it has been so technical, so frightening, and so new 
that scam artists, con artists, deceivers are taking advantage of everyone. So people are afraid. So I developed a platform which interfaces with every exchange, every exchange, one platform, one interface, and a, a secondary platform, which is part of it, which is a practice trading platform. Put $100 in, trade your Bitcoins, move it to Bonero, whatever, to spend days, weeks, months, it doesn't matter, in under real market conditions. As Bitcoin goes up, if you bought Bitcoin, your part goes up. If it goes down and you purchased it, your money goes down. But you don't risk anything. At any point you stop, you still got your $100. The advantage, you can't lose anything. Or you can't gain anything either. But you can spend as long as you want learning. When you understand what this means, the trading, the subtleties, then switch, click a button, and you're now live. And you can trade for real. These two things, a common interface which any asshole can understand, and a practice trading platform to give you the ability to learn and train under real market conditions, I think opens this up to everybody. And we have had monumental acceptance of this. So this is what I intend to do throughout. Make the, the alternative currencies and Bitcoin and the blockchain available to the average human being without fear, and without risk. I think that's great. Thanks Nobody's really focused on the educational part of it, uh, as far as I know, really. So, I mean, I think that sounds really neat, especially for, you know, well, I, I believe, like, you know, I, David believe in edu I believe in education through experience. Right. 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 I think reading, reading all the books in the world on trading is going to make you just as nervous the first day that you train <laughs> as reading nothing. Right. Whereas, I think that actually playing with your own money under practice circumstances where you risk nothing under real market circumstances, that fucking trains people. Well, so everyone's talking about uh, Libra, the Facebook thing. What's your take on Libra? If you tell me you're going to use it, I'm going to walk all the way up there in spite of the risk to my body from being collected and break your knees. Please see the truth of this. See the truth of this. We have created as technologists and innovators and forward thinkers a system in which finally privacy coins and distributed exchanges can free us from government control and intervention. What is Libra? It's a nice little coin with great features that guarantees the government will be watching your sorry ass in everything that you do. Yeah. Finding out where Facebook's you already are watching everything that we do. So I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was just, I was agreeing with you that Facebook is already monitoring everything that we do and now they're yes, going to have right. access to all and of our so financial the Libra, data. The Libra is just one step further, making it easier for Facebook and therefore the government to monitor every fucking thing you do. I swear to God, those, anybody, if anybody ever uses Libra, you deserve the hell that you are going toward. <laughs> John, John, let's say, I'm a slave and I use Libra. What, what's the, what do you see the cost of there? Besides, well, I mean, not listen, I, I, don't, I don't have enough security people to go and whack everybody in America. Yeah. So probably the consequences won't be too great, but the consequences will be this. You will have snuggled way deeper 
into the government's comfortable pocket than you have ever dreamed. That's a good place to end on as far as Libra goes. Should we we ask about the movie? Yeah. So, uh, John, I, uh, this is Graham here. I, I come from a a film and television background. I actually worked out in LA on in production for a number of years. And, um, I was really excited to see the announcement that there was going to be a movie made about you starring Michael Keaton, my, uh, one and only Batman. Um, what's going on with that? Well, the the movie's actually been going on for over a year. It was originally Johnny Depp, but Johnny Depp is unraveled, if anybody's been paying attention. (laughs) I do have a question about that. Yeah, yeah. that's what we... (laughs) I'm sorry? Oh, that was one of my next questions, is what happened with Johnny Depp. But if you could just kind of tell us where the film's are. Plus, plus, not that I have any control. I have nothing to do with this movie. However, they would like my cooperation. And I said, I am cooperating. Not with Johnny Depp. Fuck me. He can't play me. What, what is his depth of character? Whereas Michael Keaton, motherfucking hell, he can play anybody from Orphan Annie to Donald Trump, and you wouldn't know the difference. So, yes, I'm happy with Michael Keaton. What's, what the hell is going on with Depp? With who? With Johnny Depp. Yeah, I really don't know. It's drugs, I think. Okay. That's the only thing that can explain it. <laughs> so it just comes down to you don't think he's a, a, as good of an actor as, as Michael Keaton. Oh, fuck no. He's in nowhere. Please, God, look at Michael Keaton in his most recent movies. I mean, look at his range. Oh, yeah, he's great. Look at his, his range is fucking unbelievable from pure comedy to pure fucking horror. Whatever that movie was in San Francisco where he played the landlord, good God almighty, he's got depth. So, yes. He's the man. Yeah, well, I'm really excited for that. I, I, I hope it makes it through all the way to actually getting released because, you know, movies are uh, trepidatious sometimes. So yeah. um, I saw now, on Twitter that we you have, saw we John have, Wick. We have limited time. We have limited time, unfortunately. Oh. I have one more interview today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, just, I just did the last train to midnight. Um, I swear to God, that, that man's voice, I don't know if you've heard his voice, John Wells. Holy shit. It, it, it sounds like a volcano from deep within the earth rumbling the words of God. I mean, it's spellbinding. So I, I did an hour with him, and my ears are still my ears are still rumbling. Anyway, we have uh, one more question, sir. I've got one more interview after this. What's a perfect day for John McAfee? An average day? Perfect day. A perfect day. Miss Janice, please come here, honey. <laughs> okay. Because really, there is no perfect day without without my lovely wife. Come here and stand here one second. Okay. Now. Hello. So Hi. now, can you? Hi, see Janice. Both? Nice to meet you. Okay. Nice to now, meet you. there is no perfect day without this woman. Why? She manages my days. Number one. So I would be in utter confusion without her. And number two, she is one of my greatest joys. A perfect day is one of those rare days where we get to sneak off without our security, without people following us, without anybody knowing where we are or what we're doing. And you know what? You have caught us on one of those not days, one of those hours where we snuck off to a Chinese restaurant <laughs> here in Havana without our security. Now, not far. I can see my security from here. They just don't know where the fuck we are. Um, that's a perfect day where I'm free. <laughs> And I do not care about what questions the world is asking or what intentions are coming with that next bullet. It's simply my wife and I. 
<laughs> that's the perfect day. And thank you very much, boys. Thanks, John. It was good to You're talk welcome. to you. Thanks, John. Best of luck to you. Stay safe out there, okay? Be safe. Right, thank you. You guys are great. You guys are great, by the way. You are well, thank really you. great. Thank I you. We should keep in touch. We will. Thank you, sir. Bitcoin Magazine podcast is a BTC media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Today's episode was produced and edited by myself and Dave. Theme music provided by Billy Sly from the Crypto Cantina. A very, very, very special thanks to our guest, John McAfee. And of course, Satoshi Nakamoto. We are eternally grateful. Visit BitcoinMagazine.com for more in-depth news, analysis, and resources about the most successful peer-to-peer currency, and make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Bitcoin Magazine. You can find more engaging crypto podcasts over at Let'sTalkBitcoin.com, and you can follow them on Twitter, at the LTB Network, for all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got the time, please leave us a review. It really helps us improve the show and reach new listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Disclaimer, the following content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or in any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction. (sighs) 